0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you're listening to us from, and welcome to another episode of the Insider Series podcast. I don't know about y'all, but I think time is absolutely flying. We're almost halfway through 2021, and before we know it, the end of the year will be right around the corner. As the months pass, technology has been shifting and changing just as fast as we feel time is moving. On today's episode, I've got a great team on board with me today from Futureum Research, and Cisco to talk to you guys about the market when it comes to 400G. So before we get into the meat, let's start with our speakers in a round table and introduce everyone. I'll start with Daniel. Can you give us a few details about you as well as Future Room Research?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jasmine. Excited to be here with you. I can't believe the year is already almost halfway over. I turn 40 next month, so <laughs> you know more about me than anybody would ever want to know. I'm Daniel Newman, principal analyst and founding partner at Futurum Research. We are a boutique research and analysis firm that serves the vast majority of the world's largest tech companies, giving advice, inputs, insights to both the CIOs that deploy technology and the industry that is seeking to understand those CIOs. And again, thrilled to be here.
0: Thanks, Daniel. Let's jump to Ron. Ron, who are you and what do you do at Futurum Research?
2: Thank you, Jasmine. Yes, uh, like Daniel, very excited to be here, and I am the Senior Analyst and Research Director, definitely covering Data Center as part of my uh, responsibilities, and uh, like Daniel, I'm looking forward to 2021 and how it evolves. Well, these days I'm a flag football aficionado, as both my boys play it, and as a result have gained a great deal of appreciation for, you know, the subtleties of flag football versus tackle football. And so that's me in a nutshell.
0: I remember playing flag football in high school, so it is a lot of fun and definitely brings me back to some memories. Thanks for being here, guys. And last but not least, we have Gerald Richard. Gerald, take a second and introduce yourself.
3: Hey, Jasmine. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Gerald Richard. I'm one of the product managers with the Cisco data center team. I've been with Cisco for about seven years, spent all my time doing data center product management for Cisco, um, and now I manage the Nexus switches. And just like everybody else here, I'm, I'm also very excited to be here and to see what 2021 brings us. Uh, One of the things that recently uh, changed for me is like my daughter went back to in-person school. So that's a big change, you know. So I'm looking forward to being in person in the office pretty soon as well.
0: It's definitely going to be really different when we go into the office. I feel like I don't know how to socialize anymore. I know. (laughs) But thanks, everyone, for being here. New
3: challenges for us.
0: Yeah, definitely new challenges. Um, But thank you, everybody, for being here. So let's get into it. Cloud infrastructure services are being adopted at an exceptional rate but there are a ton of data centers and more being built by next year. With that being said, Daniel, I'll come to you here. What is 400G and how quickly is it being adopted in the market?
1: That's a big topic and, and you're exactly right. What we've realized and learned over the course of the year is that our our necessity dependence on applications, on data, on flexibility have grown at exponential rates. We are basically living as digitalized versions of ourselves from two years ago. We're mostly still working at home. Our mobility has completely changed. And while we are returning to some level of normalcy, Uh, We need greater Ethernet speeds. We need more virtualization and virtual data center capabilities. IoT and Edge is scaling at exponential rates, just the amount of, of items that are putting off data that needs to be processed from Edge to cloud. It's growing so fast. We're also seeing architectures change. There was a long time, this sort of debate that went on between public and private cloud. And it's, it's over. The debate's over. It's hybrid. It's going to be hybrid. And people are going to operate with some of their workloads on-prem and some of their workloads in the cloud. In many cases, those workloads will be portable between-prem and the cloud and sometimes multiple clouds. Some of the data that's actually out there even looked at this. I mean, we believe that you know the data center and the cloud will own everything. 94% of, of all the workloads will be processed there. But- Those data centers can be everywhere. They can be at the edge. They can be (laughs) a cloud, public cloud, and they can be private. So you're seeing that. And then 400G, it's all about the speed, portability, and transport of data. Data has to move quicker, whether that's data that started at the edge, data that's in the cloud that needs to be migrated out to the edge. So we're seeing everything requiring more speed, more flexibility, more scale, and that's exactly what we're getting.
0: So we know that COVID-19 has had an effect on the market in general. But now that we have a vaccine and countries and states are beginning to open up, how do you think the market is going to change based on that?
1: So effectively, you know, I sort of alluded to it in the beginning of my answer there. And as we're seeing all the adopters right now, you're seeing comms uh, service providers, you're seeing hyperscale cloud providers, we're seeing big enterprises. Uh, media companies. And by the way, small, medium businesses are in this space too. Everybody is moving in this direction, but let's just pedal back a little bit here. This may have been the world's most rapid transformation of the uh, business and, and adoption of IT and technology that has maybe ever happened in history. We saw there's different anecdotes. You'll hear different executives say different things, but effectively a decade of digital was adopted in a matter of weeks, months, and definitely less than a year. It was also perhaps the most notable discernment of haves and have nots. The haves were able to accelerate faster and actually grow business in this very difficult period of time while the have nots ended up really um, against the ropes fighting for survival. So. What we're starting to see now, though, is we're starting to see this exit from the pandemic. We're starting to see a transform from lockdown, limited mobility, work from home uh, to more flexibility. We're hearing about air travel going up. uh, People are going on vacations once again. By the way, everyone should smile when you're hearing this. This is good stuff. Even the technology that went behind our ability to vaccinate hundreds of millions of people here in the state was really driven by cloud data, portability, uh, and, and edge. I mean, all these centers where vaccines are being deployed and people are getting that instantaneous data so that we're able to keep track for mobility, health, safety purposes, all driven by network, data transport, cloud. So as things are opening up, we've come to realize that our businesses run more effectively, more efficiently, and this more rapid data transport is an enabler. So COVID-19, while it was bad for many, many reasons, it was a level set for companies that had kind of delayed or had lagged in terms of making these investments and and they've accelerated them. The companies that have been able to build foundations are are growing off those and the companies that were able to survive are going to see value in continued investment. And so I see this as one of the more positive contributions of what was really a very, very tumultuous year.
2: And to Daniel's point, I believe COVID-19 will have post-pandemic Enduring effects. Uh, for example, many enterprises have strategically committed to using work from home models for the uh, foreseeable future. And that has impact in terms of you know, how uh, data center architectures are designed. And also, I think it's going to be important to follow this because it will require organizations to support a permanent work from home uh, workforce. And that means consideration for bandwidth intensive capabilities like. SASE frameworks, ensuring that uh, the entire organization has the same security policies, the same capabilities in terms of costs and so forth, not just at the home office and at uh, the branch office, but also for individuals that are working from anywhere. So these are uh, you know, some of the lasting impacts that I think we're gonna see just not from COVID-19, but for you know, the foreseeable future, and that will have direct impact on the data center environments that we know.
3: Just to add to both Daniel and what Ron said, a little bit of an anecdotal observation from my point is Daniel alluded to cloud being not just public or private, it's gonna be hybrid going forward. And one of the things that I'm seeing like in the community is how people tend to work and how kids learn is also gonna be more and more hybrid. I mean, it's not just that we are gonna be in an office from eight to five or nine to six or what whatnot. And likewise, kids are not just gonna be learning just at school. And that's what I'm seeing, like at least in the local community here, kids after they get back from school, I mean, they are on conference calls with their friends working on homework and things like that. So it's all, there's a lot of video that people tend to use more and more, which I think eventually is gonna drive more bandwidth and change how data centers are being designed to adopt to those bandwidth changes.
1: I think that's such a great point and and something I didn't cover in in my commentary here about COVID. But we are going to re enter a very hybrid world, not just hybrid cloud from an infrastructure standpoint, although there is a number of parallels you could draw. But we will see certain parts of the pre pandemic behavior return, and we will see certain components never return. Companies did learn where productivity lies, learned where workers could work remote effectively, and where teamwork is needed. We've learned what events were necessities to have in person and which weren't. And so as we learn that, uh, it will change the behavior forever and it will change the way companies invest in technology. But in the end, I, I will reiterate what I said about 400G and this technology is that the speed by which we're able to move data across the data center needs to be exponential and it needs to continue to get faster. And 400G is one of the solutions that's really driving this.
0: You know, what's interesting what Gerald said is that kids are now on conference calls and I simply just can't believe that. And I think it's crazy that they come home from school and now they're sitting on their laptops or iPads or whatever, and they're talking to their friends at school and it's just such a different experience. And I think on that note, COVID-19 was definitely a level set, like you said, Daniel, but also a wake up call to organizations to start thinking about and even implementing solutions that can support these bandwidth hungry apps like video streaming, um, video usage, collaboration tools, things like that. So I guess from there, what are the trends in the market that customers should be aware of when it comes to 400G?
2: Yeah, in terms of uh, significant trends, uh, we see DCI connectivity, uh, uncompressed video, HPC clusters, and storage memory innovation as very significant. And uh, to be uh, specific, we see that DCI is expected to grow at least about a 45% CAGE rate through at least 2023 and as a result this is a definite boost to non-volatile memory express capabilities and this turbocharges the input output uh, execution and data center uh, settings and this is going to be a major impact in terms of you know how uh, data centers evolve and support all these bandwidth intensive applications uh, we've been talking about of equal importance is qsfp double d -D 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 or qsfp density. And it's a major breakthrough for the industry as the technology represents the first time that reaches, including copper cables and long-reach optics are available on the same form factor. And it also delivers the high-density and high-speed pluggable optical properties best suited to providing, you know, the most compact 400G modules and DC environments. And also, uh, QSFPDD uh, has broad ecosystem support. We see the D MSA, for example, gaining more adherence, and that's just all encouraging in terms of you know, getting more backing for the technology. Of also uh, noted importance is uh, Rocky over-converged Ethernet, which offloads CPUs, the servers, and this enables network adapters to interact directly with application memory. So as you can see, this definitely boosts the efficiency and the performance in uh, the data center. And also smart nets are very important. They boost uh, network programmability and they accelerate application offloads to better serve service performance across the data center environments. And all of these trends combined together point to the necessity of 400G. All of them are enabling 400G to really deliver the differentiators are going to be critical in terms of how you know data centers serve their customers and also uh it quite essentially uh drive powerful applications
3: that we've been talking about so yeah these are definitely the trends that uh, we have to pay attention yeah so, so i want to kind of reiterate one of the points that ron was making about you know the choice of qsfpdd so having 400 gig and and having backward compatibility towards Um, already installed in the various fabrics and the various networks is very critical to kind of drive the 400 gig adoption. And and the good thing about QSFP-DD is those ports are backward compatible to what is already on service provider networks or network operator networks and uh, so on and so forth, right? So it's directly backward compatible to 100 gig, it's even backward compatible to 40 gig. So when 400 gig becomes widely available, customers can incrementally adopt that um, and introduce 400 gig at limited locations in the network and then expand it to um, the entire network. So that's actually a great point, one that you brought up about you know, the 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 choice of and the choice of um, optics to drive 400 gig adoption.
0: So understanding that our main adopters of 400G are the big enterprises, large communication providers, and et cetera, can you tell our listeners about how these key verticals are driving the adoption of 400G?
3: So, I think um, again, going back to what Juan was talking about earlier. So, in in our conversations with customers and partners, I mean, those are exactly the verticals that we see there is a lot of interest with respect to 400 gig mobile operators, especially 5G operators or video operators, uh, video service providers, you know, large enterprises. So, that's kind of where, you know, 400 gig adoption seems to be a lot more interesting. And as, you know, bandwidth demand, um, increases at various tiers in the network. Like, I mean, there is increase in bandwidth demand on the axis, going into the top of rack, going into the spine. That's what's driving higher and higher bandwidth at each tier of the fabric or the data center fabric, if you will, right? So as servers, you know, go from 10 to 25 gig or possibly even higher speed, then the need for bandwidth in the fabric increases. And that's where we see a lot of 400 gig adoption or requests from customers and partners.
2: Yes, and I think it's important to note that uh, broadcasters are demanding uncompressed video to provide the highest quality differentiated video productions out there. And this is taking advantage of IP networking efficiencies. And it's also important to note that high performance computing clusters are growing swiftly and they're using artificial intelligence engines to advance and boost uh, the performance and as well as uh delivering for example ai as a service Uh, so this is very important to understand that the service providers and the hyperscalers are all keen on really taking advantage of these you know emerging applications and to be able to deliver them to customers on a monetized basis and as a result 400g is definitely the technology that is going to make that happen that will allow the data center decision makers have the confidence that they can definitely scale uh, something as challenging as HPC cluster to deliver uncompressed video at the 16k level and so forth. So all this comes together and is definitely keeping the, the service providers and the hyperscalers awake in terms of how can we take advantage of these emerging opportunities.
0: So as analysts, what do you think are the biggest priorities for customers in this market or are looking to get involved with 400G?
2: Yeah, I think in terms of looking at uh, 400G uh, networking equipments uh, specifically, uh, what is most important is quite simply the big three that we've identified. That is capacity, performance, and features. If you don't have those capabilities built in to your portfolio, then you're not going to even get past first base in terms of you know being able to operate in a 400 G uh, data center environment. And I think those are always going to be important. This is not necessarily new to 400 know, G. The fact that a uh, a router or switch has to have these capabilities, Uh, certainly any routed optical networking uh, platform will have to have these uh, delivered. But I think what is also critical here is that it's important for a supplier to provide an overall data center transformation strategy. That isn't just looking at the switches only, for example, but is also including critical capabilities such as intent-based networking, application-centric infrastructure capabilities, cloud expertise, application proficiency, and also reliable supply chain. So uh, we've seen all of these things really come up in the headlines and really it's impacting quite simply the data center market. It's also driving the decision-making. We see that the decision-makers are not looking just at speeds and feeds anymore. They really are looking at a strategic play. And this is something that uh, anybody who's addressing this market has to have ready to go.
3: I agree, and and that kind of kind of dovetails into what the Nexus portfolio to a certain extent offers with with various form factors for 400 gig. Uh, we've been shipping the 400 gig products for the last several months, both from a fixed switch form factor perspective as well as from a modular switch. And we've also announced higher density 400 gig that that will be shipping um, later this year, right? And all of those, going back to Ron's point about it's it's not just the uh, the platform but the entire solution so we offer flexibility from that standpoint about, you know, how you architect your fabric, you know, with, with automation, with security, and with intelligence, where there is a lot of focus with respect to telemetry and analytics on, across the board on all of these platforms that give a lot of visibility and insight into what's going on in the fabric to the operators who are running their networks.
1: Yeah, I think I think in the end, I mean, it really comes down to remembering what this is all about, yeah. you know? You, you asked the question, what are the biggest priorities for customers? Well, when it comes down to customers, it comes down to really where we sort of started this whole discussion, data transport needs to move faster. So you, you heard who the key use cases are communications SPs. Well, you're talking about, you know, service providers, you know, whether that's mobile service, cloud, uh, services, whether that's, you know, your bandwidth for the internet data needs to move quick. We all know everything from how quickly we access a website to how well our meetings work online is is driven by bandwidth and, and data and having data moving flexibly and consistently and and having the availability we need. You look at our mobile devices, right? The way we need to interact with our with with those devices. You look at cloud hyperscalers being a key, you know, utilizer of this technology. Well cloud services, applications, SaaS, whether that's your CRMs and ERPs that are running your business, your data platforms, or running models, you know, for building AI, data science inside your organization. It's all about data being flexible and and, and being able to move quickly from point to point, prem to cloud, edge to cloud, edge to prem to cloud. These are the entire, you know, fabric both as a, uh, you know, as a metaphor of tying together a world of data and world of applications that are enabled by that data so this is really what it's all about and i mean your priorities really should be about experiences and it's about building a a network fabric that enables great experiences for your customers uh, enterprise consumer whomever they are to be able to access the data quickly and seamlessly throughout their their work days and throughout their personal lives
0: You said something daniel about along the lines of building a network fabric that basically enhances the user experience and i think that is so critical, because at the end of the day, an organization works because of the people that make it up. And thinking of that, like the user experience has to be so optimal. And that is a huge priority. I know that organizations have. Gerald, I'll come to you for this question. Is Cisco doing anything else to differentiate themselves in this competitive market space?
3: Sure, I I I'd definitely like to believe that, right. And it, it kind of, uh, you know, our portfolio is validation for that. And we kind of, Talked about some of the things um, in, in earlier discussions in the sense that our intent and our goal is to offer the most flexible portfolio with the best in class features, security, and telemetry for 400 gig, right? So, in the products that we've been shipping for the last several months, we have 1RU switches that are 400 gig capable, we have eight slot modular switches that are 400 gig capable, and there is a lot of emphasis on telemetry, you know, how you pull. Uh, data from your infrastructure, from your switches, from your fabric, and how you get visibility into what's going on in your network and fabric, right? There's a lot of emphasis on security. So some of the products in the 400 gig portfolio are enabled for MacSec. I mean, we provide CloudSec where you can encrypt the connections between two different data centers from a DCI perspective. That's one of the use cases that we talked about earlier in this conversation, right? So across the board for various use cases, various applications various industry verticals we have the most flexible portfolio today that's how we like to position our portfolio there are new products that are coming out in later this year in the next couple of months to five six months i mean th- those are announced higher density 400 gig with more and more capabilities around security visibility all of that and to add to gerald's point
2: uh, we certainly see cisco providing the vision that is essential for data center de- uh, decision makers to have, again, that confidence to invest and move forward on 400G investments. And certainly the Cisco portfolio is uh, differentiated in that uh, regard. Again, it's not just about uh, quite simply the product specification, but also it's uh, being able to allow the customer to know that, okay, if I use Cisco, I'm not going to have, you know, that 11th hour nightmare call in the data center. I'm not going to have to lose sleep wondering if, you know, the supply chain is going to be in place. I'm not going to have to constantly uh, ad hoc, ask for other partners and other inputs in order to address something that is already integral to the uh, Cisco portfolio. And I think it's also important to note that Cisco has really done its homework here. That's why Cisco developed the cloud scale ASICs uh, to specifically differentiate the Nexus 900 series line. And I think uh, this is uh, a tribute to Cisco demonstrating the ability to innovate, the ability to adopt a different portfolio development strategy in order to meet these new demands that the data center is providing. And as a result, uh, we see uh, Cisco not only being able to provide uh, the comprehensive solution uh, to uh, customers, but also allowing the ecosystem to use open APIs to have more input into how the data center fabric is architected to allow them to provide more innovative applications and capabilities into these data center environments. And I think uh, when you look at the entire Future, Cisco definitely has uh, the differentiation that's required to win in the space over the near term and into the foreseeable future.
0: Dan, you want to add anything else before I wrap up?
1: Well, I, I will give a lot of credit to the uh, those that preceded me. I think they did a really nice job of hitting on the, the Cisco differentiation. What I'll say is there's a clear focus. The company understands this. And by the way, this is also a technology, a capability, and an idea that I believe has been well defined and well implemented in the dna of cisco no pun intended because you know cisco's dna i I think that at the core of the business it's it's always been really focused on this particular area it understands the need and it's going to continue to invest here and this won't end at 400 g this will go this will scale this will double this you know like all the different laws Inertia will take tech to the next level, and Cisco will go with it. So I'm encouraged by what I've seen. I think as Futurum, we believe Cisco is well-positioned here. Uh, There will always be competition, but it's definitely a solution to be looked at, to uh, be considered, and we expect Cisco will do well in this space.
3: I'm glad that you're calling out both to um, Ron and Daniel for calling out that. And one of the, uh, maybe perhaps uh, one last thought that I want to leave with is, I mean, we kind of hit up on this earlier in the discussion as well. It is not just about one single platform or one single ASIC or one thing, single switch, right? I mean, uh, our focus is to deliver a complete solution and providing choice, a very open solution, like, you know, Daniel alluded to, I mean, there are a lot of open APIs that, that you can leverage and build on top of our solution at 400 gig speed. So that's probably one of the thoughts that I would want to um, leave you guys with.
0: Thanks guys. And I think listeners, when it comes to making decisions, especially when it, it can affect so many people, you have to be strategic, it is so critical. So I hope that this conversation has shed some light on insightful details that you can take and apply to your data centers. Thank you to our team here today, to Future Research for jumping on and sharing why 400G is so critical to a successful hybrid network. And again, thank you so much insiders for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more, check out cisco.com slash go slash 400G insights. Remember to subscribe to us on any of your favorite streaming platforms. And until next time, when we catch you inside the network, we'll see you later.